All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Hey, it feels like it has been absolutely forever since we had a new podcast episode. Things got, you know, rearranged. I was, I was basically busy was my problem. I was, I was kind of busy. I went on vacation, but now I'm back. Sam is here with me, of course. Sam, I, it, feels like, it feels like it's been a while since we've, since we've sat down and, and recorded and actually had a chat. I know we, we exchanged texts and Snapchats uh, pretty frequently, but actually just to sit down and, and kind of have a conversation is, is kind, of, uh, kind of nice for a change. Yeah, I think it's been two to three weeks. It's been fun. Been keeping busy with sports and whatnot. It's it's been a minute, but I mean, like time has flown by this summer. Almost almost time to come back to school. Like two almost two weeks till my move in day. So hey, we're just having fun in the summer. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, you've definitely been keeping busy with all of your podcasts. You got the I Can't Explain podcast, the Mid American Bandwagon podcast, yes, and I feel sir. like I'm missing one. Diamonds and Dingers. Well, yeah, I've been so, I've been yeah. starting to do that as well. So yeah, so yeah, you, you've been keeping busy for sure, mm-hmm. cranking out the content while I've been on vacation. I guess. <laughs> but anyways, we're back to the grindstone, and honestly, it's probably not going to stop anytime soon. We're going to roll right into the school year. Well, hopefully, we'll be able to sit across from each other and record an episode of the of the podcast which would be absolutely awesome i don't think we've done that since like episode five or six so uh yeah it'll it'll be fun to to finally get back and do that um and to get back face to face and actually see uh see people that we haven't that we've talked to but you know haven't seen in a while and and maybe sit down and have lunch or, or or something so that'll be that'll be nice i'm definitely looking forward to that looking forward to returning to campus uh even though i feel like i have a crap ton of stuff to get done before Mm -hmm. I return like I feel like I'm gonna procrastinate like packing and get everything ready I don't know Sam I wanted to ask you so if you don't go to Ball State Ball State's doing this uh, thing where you can it's it's kind of smart so they're trying to reduce the amount of people that are on campus at a time like moving in so they're doing Mm -hmm. this thing where you can bring in your items and drop them off set up your room and then leave and come back on your move-in day. I didn't know. I'm curious to see, are you doing that uh, before you move in? Yes, I am. August 15th is when I'm dropping off my abs. Like how I figure it's going to be a lot easier because we go in August 15th, have our hour and a half window, drop my items off. August 19th, I literally just have to come on campus and everything's all set for me. So it's a lot easier. There's not going to be as much people on campus there's probably going to be like eight people on campus during like my time slot. So like it's going to be easy get my stuff in unloaded. My roommates coming in the day before and doing it. So I think, I think it'll be pretty like nice to do it that way. I think it's a smart idea uh, by the university and maybe something that again is going to be an effect of COVID, but might stick around forever just because of the ease of doing things. I'm doing it too. I'm actually moving mine in on uh, Monday. So like six days from now, um, I'm going to be taking my stuff up there. So I really have to get all of my stuff organized, um, uh, by Sunday, but yeah, I'm, I'm moving my uh, stuff in on Monday. Me and my roommate are actually doing it at the same time, which will be nice. We'll get to set up our room, uh, like the way we wanted and, and everything like that. So yeah, I think it's a smart idea, but I just wanted to know, you know, if, uh, if you're doing that and if you guys listening or going to a different university or know somebody who's going to a different university, I'd be curious to know how they're doing things, whether 
you're coming on your moving day or not. But it's nice. It's nice for me. I mean, I'll be able to, my parents will be able to take me up there, drop my stuff off. And then on my official move-in day, I'll just be able to drive my car up there. Um, and it won't be, you know, as hectic of a day as it was, but it should be fun, but we got sports to get to. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday evening in the middle of the Pacers uh, game. The Pacers currently playing the Magic, and they're holding on. They got a 16-point uh, lead uh, with a little over 10 minutes to play in the fourth. So, Sam, I know you've been following this NBA bubble. You've been watching the Pacers. Obviously an impressive performance by the Pacers what was it last last night where Warren dropped fifty three points? Yeah, last night. So uh, no, I, it was I. Th- uh, I thought you were gonna say win, but it was actually the first game they played. He dropped fifty. Right, right. That was on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So uh, it's been a couple days, but the Pacers um, playing tonight against uh, the Magic. They last played on Sunday. So Sam, your your take? Are they they played yesterday? Not Sunday. They played Monday. Yeah, they I, just- my days are so messed up because I, I went to work for the first time uh, this week today. So I keep thinking today is Monday. Then the Pacers played. Yeah, it's just a whole mess. So <laughs> they played yesterday and they're playing today against the Magic. What has been the most impressive thing you've seen by this Pacers team up to this point playing in the bubble? Uh, I mean, just coming through injuries. So yesterday we didn't have Brogdon. We still don't have Goga. So bonus is out. For us to be able to do that against, uh, like, uh, yeah, it's a weak team of Wizards, but we were up by 22, I, I believe, at one point. Just really held on strong. We, our lack of depth, and we're still going on strong, beating the Magic by 16. And we had an impressive win back on Saturday, I think it was, against the 40, or 76ers where Warren went for 53. So it's just the, like, just the, um, what's impressive to me is the fact that even through all these injuries, we still continue to dominate. Yeah, it's been, could you hear that? Did you hear that glitch that my computer just had? Did you hear that or no? You didn't I did not. That? Oh, okay, okay. Really just threw me for a loop there. I'm, I'm on ESPN and the, you know how they have those pop-up videos? Well, one of them popped up and, and started playing so that's what threw me for a loop there. Just wanted to make sure that, that you can hear that. Anyways, yeah, like you mentioned, it's been impressive to see them come out so hot and, and winning. Um, but, I mean, right now in this game that, that that's currently going on, T.J. Warren, 28 points already. So, I mean, maybe he just needed this restart to, to break out and, and make a name for himself. This Pacers team, I mean, looking really impressive. I mean, when you put a starting lineup out there with T.J. Warren, Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, Aaron Holiday, and Victor Oladipo, I mean, that's, that's almost as good as any in the NBA, like right, right now. Yeah, and, and one thing to mention, Jakar Sampson, like he may not put the flashiest stats up like eight points, four, four assists right now. And that's not impressive by any metric. Like he's not going to be a person who just like flat, like amaze you with stats. But the, like what he's done coming in that backup center role, even though he's only like six, seven – Rule with Gogout, Sabonis out. He's really done an amazing job holding down that center. Like, I remember the 76ers, Miles Turner got into foul trouble, and Jakar Sampson basically had to play 30 minutes, and he held down that role. Yes, Joel Embiid did score 30-plus points, but he provided that just – I don't know what it was, just that off the bench, just, just kind of amazing performance that you needed for him to give the Pacers the dub. Pacers, they're currently 2-0 and in the bubble. 
and uh, looking looking to do uh, make it three and zero tonight. Uh, coming up on their schedule, they play Thursday and they play Saturday. Or uh, yeah, they play Thursday and they play Saturday. If I can get to the right part of their schedule, they play Phoenix on Thursday and uh, the Lakers on Saturday. That'll be a good game. Six p.m. on on the eighth. They play the Lakers and uh, really only a couple of uh, games left after three games after that to end the regular season. And then we'll be in to the playoffs right around when we move back into campus. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Uh, the MLB has come back and it seems like, you know, we mentioned the MLB. They, they finally, they finally got that deal done where they agreed to, to play and come back. They're going to play in, in each home city they're not going to do a bubble like the nba like the nhl had the nba hasn't had a positive coronavirus test yet uh, among the players so that has been a, a very positive no pun intended a very positive thing uh there in the nba bubble the mlb on the other hand has not they have had multiple uh cases within the within the league um, and there's some news starting to come out that, that players were at places they probably shouldn't have been there at casinos and whatnot. Um, but can, I, I wanted to, to discuss this, Sam, can the MLB, like, can they maintain this season where they're postponing games or canceling games? Like at what point is like, I don't want the, the MLB to give up and just cancel, because I think they can do it. But, I mean, when you see, like, it's almost daily where we're expected to see a game postponed because a group of players from either team has tested uh, positive for coronavirus. So, I mean, how, how long does the MLB keep this up? I hope they keep it up for a while, but how long does the MLB keep this up where they postpone a game or move, shuffle some things around? Because a 60-game season and, what, a 65-day uh, 65 window – really is not feasible at this point with, with the postponements and the cancellations and everything. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Marlins have only played three games to this point, while the rest of the league has basically played like eight to ten games, roughly. The Phillies the same way, four games. I'm not sure when, when, you, when you have a window of 65 days and 60 games, you basically have to play a game every day unless you're going to be playing seven-inning uh, doubleheaders like the Reds had to do the other day. And – I don't know. I think we all expected the MLB, considering there's no bubble, we're going to be expecting this from the NFL for for people to be positive. It's just a matter of fact, when you're not in a bubble uh, where the NHL and NBA are currently, no positive tests across those leagues. It's just hard. I don't know how many more chances you could give the Marlins to like keep postponing games because they've only played three games. How is that fair to the Braves who had played 11 and the Pirates who have played 11, like, I, I just don't know how many more chances you – how many more games you suspend before calling the season. Right, and, and I would I – I applaud the MLB for not throwing in the towel when a team had four or five players test positive. I applaud them for doing that. I think, you know, it's good that they, that they are keeping it going, but I think at a certain point – they're going to say, okay, look, we've had, you know, how many postponements? Is it, is it worth it to, to keep going? 
uh, uh, you know, what's the line, I guess, what, like, what is the, where's that fine line that says, okay, you know, at this amount of postponements, we're just going to throw in the towel or, or whatever. I applaud them for not just completely giving up. I do, but also I know professional sports and how they work. And I just think that at a certain point they'll say, look, we're going to either reduce the number of games or throw in the towel altogether. Um, but I do applaud them for not, you know, just giving up uh, when, when a team had an outbreak. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The NBA, they will have somebody test positive at some point, whether it's a false positive or whatever. Some, there will be a, at some point. The surprise that we haven't had it yet is very shocking to me, Sam. Yeah, I I wouldn't say though it's I will we have a positive because when you think about it, the only way I see it is like getting like food or whatnot. But other than that, as long as you don't leave the bubble, how can you get it? Like you know what I mean? Like I I could see that there like slips through the cracks, but then once that one player gets it, they're they're tested almost daily, so you know who get it. You can quarantine them. I think the NBA has a system down in the NHL to where if someone tests positives, they'll get it figured out before, like before chaos ensues, if that makes sense. Like the MLB, like we don't know what Rob Manfred is thinking. We, we have no idea. Like it is like, to me, it seems a lot more likely that the MLB will shut down before the NBA ever gets a positive case. But that's just me. That is that's a bold prediction, I would say. Um, I don't know. I don't know how soon it'll be. I hope not soon. Uh, but, yeah, I think the NBA has is, is done a great job with the bubble in Orlando, keeping players healthy and, and, and not having a positive test coming out of there has been a real good thing. Another, in other news that happened today, the Indy 500 will be without fans uh, for the August 23rd running so sam i know you're from you know we're both from around indy we obviously know the history and the nostalgia and the hype around the indy 500 it was originally going to be at half and then they thought okay maybe 25 percent capacity uh we could do this i don't know i don't know how i feel about this decision because there there's a way to do it uh with social distancing with masks with the proper sanitation and PPE and all this stuff to allow fans to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really affect me because I, in my 20 years being around, I have not gone to a single Indy 500 and wasn't planning on going to like the attend the actual event in person. So it doesn't really affect me on that. And yeah, it sucks for people who want to go that don't get a chance to go or who do it every year. But just I, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on TV this year. That's a nice consolation prize. So I like I'm not I'm not too mad at the decision. Like yeah, it sucks, but like I wasn't planning on going to it personally. Yeah, I mean in my 19 years I've never been to to an Indy 500, but I I just think it's like the largest sports venue in the world or in the country or whatever they call it, um, largest sports venue in the country. Um, and you can't get fans there with, you know, with social distancing. I feel like it could have been done there. It's outside and everything. I feel like they really could have done it, but they decided to throw in the towel 
and uh, just do no fans, which is is fine. I mean, I I guess I should say at least we're having a race, mm-hmm. um, and in nine months, hopefully, we'll have another one um, with three hundred fifty thousand there. Don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we'll see. Um, I just think that they 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 could have tried a little bit harder. I think I think they could have tried a little bit harder to get fans there. We've seen it at other NASCAR races. I know this is IndyCar, not NASCAR, but we've seen it on the NASCAR races. They've been allowing fans in, social distancing, wear your mask, whatever. I feel like they could have they could have they could have tried a little bit harder before throwing in the towel. They could have, but I'm I'm just happy they're at least having one. It's it's definitely like it, it, the Indy 500 helps Indiana's economy by bringing in people, every like a lot of out of state people come in. But I'm just glad we're having it. It it it's something at least. We it's not canceled completely. I'm just looking on the bright side of things. We're getting the NBA back, NHL, Indy 500 still going on. I'm I'm happy with this decision to the point where we're getting sports back. Yeah, I mean we are in the the sports schedule for the upcoming like month is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it is going to be jam packed. It's going to be fun. Good thing. I only have classes three days a week because I'm going to need the other four to just catch up on what the heck is going on in the sports world. I mean, I really am. It's going to be crazy and and we're going to be following it all along. Uh, We got the PGA championship this weekend. Sam, I know you're not a big golf fan, but uh, over the, uh, this past weekend, Justin Thomas won the, uh, World Golf Championship, the St. Jude Invitational. And uh, he took home the prize there after Brooks Kepka fell apart on the last couple holes. Thomas uh, ended up clutching up there at the end to win that. So this is going to make for a very interesting PGA Championship field. Tiger Woods will be there. Jordan Spieth will be there. Obviously, Justin Thomas coming off a win. And Brooks Kepka, who should be mad after his uh, ending performance last weekend, is going to make for a great PGA Championship. So if I was a betting man, and I haven't really placed a bet since, uh, I don't know, the since we went on lockdown, mm-hmm. um, if I was a betting man, I would say you could bet Kepka to be the leader after the first round of that tournament. Now, Tiger, Sam, I, Tiger Woods are nothing for me all the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride or know. die Tiger Woods. Yeah, just the problem is he hasn't been playing in tournaments. I don't know how – That'll affect him. I'm sure he'll do good, but I don't think he'll be leading after round one. That's it's normally not really a tiger type of. That's not really tiger esque to be really leading after round number one. But I am, however, I may not be a big golf guy, but I'm a big top golf guy. That big top golf guy. You see, I've been to Top Golf, and it is, um, yeah, it's it's nice place. I think it's a little pricey for what you. Yeah, it is very pricey, but it's fun. You have to you know, like plan in advance to go there because they're always booked mm-hmm. uh, with everything. But uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy some Top Golf. Mm-hmm. I was uh, yeah, so I was in North Carolina last week, and uh, that was a fun time. We got to play some golf. While I was down there and saw my cousins, and they just hung out by the pool. But uh, yeah, it's been a good good episode here to to kind of catch up on some different things. College football still trying to get that figured out. We had the whole thing with the Pac-12. And on, on some aspects, I agree with them in their demands. And um, it's interesting. You can read that, ESPN.com. 
Uh, they kind of outlined what their demands was. Basically, the one I took away from it and the one I agree with is scholarships should be eligible for six years. So even if they're not on the football field, they can still get their master's paid for. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, if the player wants that option to, um, to continue his education, I think the foot, I think the scholarship should include a six year, six year um, window there to, to get, to get your master's those two cool. years after you you graduate. I think the one thing that should be definite, whether or not like if they opt out, they should be allowed to, have their scholarship that's all i truly care about at the end of the day like yeah having the six-year scholarship would be nice if they want to go to their masters it that's super cool but i think the one basic that i think everybody should agree on if they opt out from the season their scholarship remains intact like i and like they i feel like also as well to go along with that if you opt out you get another year of eligibility tacked on I agree with their scholarship being intact, but I do not agree that they should get another year of eligibility. I do not really? agree with that. Yeah, I think I think you have to forfeit your year of eligibility if you choose to opt out. I don't think too many players will be choosing to opt out, though. I just don't think that's the case because, I mean, you think about it, in college football, what are you trying to do? Like, if you're at a Power 5 conference school, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get to the NFL. What are you going to do if you sit out for a year? you're not going to be playing competitively. I don't care how hard you lift weights and train and whatever. That's not the same as actually playing football. So if you don't play, you're, you're going to hurt yourself trying to get to that next level. So I think, therefore, you forfeit a year of eligibility. If you're a sophomore and you forfeit your sophomore season because you're scared of the coronavirus, then next year, I mean, you only got two years left. I mean, after that, I think you forfeit a year. I don't think you get an additional year added on. But at the same time, when you look like when we looked at last year, people's basically seasons were basically cut short. Like, how many games did baseball even play before it got canceled? They they didn't. They played three or four. But that is different than them actually having a season. I mean, there's there, baseball, are there, are, baseball season and softball season and track and men's volleyball that all got canceled. Yeah. That is different than that is different than them actually having a football season and a player choosing to opt out. Like what, you know, what if it's like a normal season and a player choose to opt out for whatever reason, they're going to lose a year of eligibility. I don't think this is any different, but it's not going to be a normal year though. I know. I know it's not a normal year, that's but right. I think that they lose a year of eligibility if they opt out of the season. I think that's, that's, I think that is how it should be. I don't, I don't think they should be just tacked on another year just because they didn't want to play because of coronavirus. Colleges have put safeguards in place. They're being smart about it. I mean, they're screening players daily. I, I know Ball State football players have to get tested weekly. I'm sure that is the case all across college football. So, Yes, if you choose not to play, you lose a year of eligibility. And I, I don't – I think that is I, – I think that's the way it should be. But I think I think it sucks for the player who's – like there's there's usually 12 games in a season and they, they don't play 
12, they're not playing their 12 games. Like most, most, a lot of conferences are only going to eight games, if not at all canceling like the FCS and what, whatever you call it. So I just think it's unfair to the players to only allow them to play eight games. Like you're, you're in a situation where this year sucks, where we're, we're being sent home after 13 weeks of this coronavirus. So why are players being forced to play when they're not even, when, campuses aren't really glad about us being on campus and then sending us home after three, 13 weeks, if you get what I'm saying. Like, if they, if they don't feel it's safe for us to play, why do they think it's safe for the players to play? Does that make – like, is, do you get the point I'm trying to make? I, I, I do, but, I mean, it is – we have come so far from the March and April – where everybody kind of panicked and we didn't really know what was going on and things were getting canceled and postponed and everything. We, we have come so far from that. And I think that's what people need to realize. We have the safeguards. We've realized that wearing your mask can help. We've realized how to properly sanitize and, and, and get rid of the virus, social distance, all of that stuff. We've realized that stuff. So I think that allows us to play. And I know, I mean, if you, if you live in Indiana, I know that the cases have been going up the past couple of weeks, but they've started to come back down. Um, and I think that we have enough. You notice when the cases went up to like 900 plus a day, we didn't really freak out. We stayed steady because why? Because we have the safeguards in place. We have um, everything that we need to uh, be be fine and be better off. So I think that we have come so far from March and April that we are ready to play sports in a pandemic. I know, I I know as crazy as it sounds, I think that we are ready to play sports in a pandemic. We have the safe after we have the testing, we have the screening, we have the mask. I think that the players, and and when you look at it, college football players are really going to be in a quote unquote bubble themselves on a college campus. Okay, but let me throw this scenario. Happens. They are they are on a bubble, a quote unquote bubble, like you saw on campus, but they still have to travel. And let me throw this example at you. So we see the the like what the MLB is doing, and we saw them postpone like three games for a team. How 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 does it make sense? How would it work if let's say Clemson has to postpone three games? You know what I mean? So like. Because because baseball you can reschedule you have that sixty five game and you can play doubleheader you can't play doubleheaders in college football so what happens if Clemson travels to South Carolina gets COVID and they have to postpone three games so you like I feel like I don't feel like college football is ready yes they've had five months but the same as the NFL we see players voicing their opinions that they don't feel it's safe and I feel like that's true like well, I don't I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, when I said they were in a quote-unquote bubble, I just meant the team themselves. So you're yeah. on a campus. You're, the people you're coming in contact with are most likely the same people every day. You're going to and from practice and at school and everything. So I just think that – I think but, the college football can't go on. And I, and I get your point about postponing, but here's my rebuttal to that is, okay, let's take that, let's push the national championship back, and let's have a two- to three-week buffer window – at the end of the, the regular season, if we have to postpone, then those games just get moved to that two- or three-week buffer period, 
and then they play them at the end of the season. So say say it's week four, and Clemson has three players test positive. So whoever their week four opponent is, they they just get a, a quote-unquote bye week. They don't play, and you move that to the end of that buffer. The next week, you do another round of testing. If they all come back negative, then you play. If not, you move it. I think, yes, it's going to be harder because you have so many college football players, coaches, support staff, equipment managers, whatever. It's going to be harder to maintain that. But at the same time, I still think you can play. Colleges need it desperately financially. I mean, think about it, Sam. If Ball State doesn't play football, what does that mean financially for the athletic department? They're going to start cutting sports. People are going to start losing jobs because of this. People are going to, I mean, you're going to have, pro, I mean, my guess is you're just going to start, you know, cutting the, the you know, the non-income sports, the tennis, the field hockey, the soccer, stuff like that. Just think about that. Just think of how many jobs are lost there. I mean, that's pretty much three coaches per, the support staff, you know, the people who work the games even. I mean, just think of how many people are losing jobs. We have to have college football because of the finances of college athletics. And I think it can be done and I think it can be done safely. Yes. The financials definitely like, but we've already figured it. We lost ball state lost a million and a half because we lost both Ohio or Indiana and Michigan. We added Iowa state, but that's only 350,000. And I I saw in the star press that uh, Beth gets already like kind of financially planned for this. So yes, Maybe in, maybe next year we need to start playing, but I don't think Ball State is going to be hurting that much financially now. And we, and on your point, like I would love that proposal where you have two weeks, but that's not the situation we're in. That's not the the college football doesn't have that plan in place. And looking at this plan in place, there's not. I I haven't heard from the NCAA say if this team A gets it, what happens? Like I just. Like, it's nice that they're in a bubble right now, but what happens when Ball State travels to Wyoming, then travels home to play Central Michigan? Like, they're not in a bubble then. Like, oh, the, bu- the, bu- the bubble only works when you stay in there for a certain amount of time, and they're not hey, doing that. I, in Ball State's example, we know the defensive players ain't going to be tackling anybody anyways. So they ain't going to be going in close contact with no running back. <laughs> we, we have a nice grad transfer coming in. We do. Teams. I mean, I, I think our team's going to be pretty solid. I just had to dig on Ball State there for a minute because it's fun. Hey, Pacers got the win. I don't know if you heard me say that a little bit earlier. Uh, Pacers get the win undefeated in the – oh, wait. Did they really? Am I saying right. Pacers update? I just got the notification, 121-09. Yeah, 121-09 Pacers beat the Magic, so undefeated in the bubble. Solid. I'll take it. I think that's a good, good place to end there with the Pacers win. Yeah, I mean, why not end on a positive note? Heck yeah. Hey, we'll come back next week. We got, what, two more recordings, and then we're there live. So we might be ramping up the episodes. We might be doing something different. I don't know, Sam. We got to talk about that. Anyways, we'll talk to you next time. Sam, you got anything you want to say before we leave you this evening? Uh, Nope. I'm just excited for sports to get back. NHL's been – I've been getting into a little bit of NHL recently. A lot lot more fun to watch, fast-paced. There's not a lot of fouls and timeouts called, which I thoroughly enjoy. But, yeah, I'm just having fun with sports coming back. Hopefully we get a Ball State football season. We just added Iowa State to the schedule. So, yeah, I'm I'm just living life. It's been good. All right, Sam, we'll talk to you next time. See you. That's been Sam Feldman. My name's Grant Kobe. Hey, you can follow us on Twitter at 
straight up sports talk on Twitter. It's actually our official handle is actually at sports talk at six. It's straight up sports talk on Twitter. Find us there. That's where we're posting all of our latest episodes. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Grant Covey. Again, come back next week for a brand new episode. Till then, have a great day.